welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, the actual play RPG podcast where the gaming table is always set for two. I'm your host as always, Jeff Stormer, and this week on the show, I am joined by James D'Amato for a game of Time to Face the Strange. One of the games spotlighted in James's new book, The Ultimate RPG Game Master's World Building Guide, prompts and activities to create and customize your own game world. You probably know James from the One Shot Podcast, a podcast about playing one shots in as many different game systems as possible, a format that should be familiar to you if you enjoy Party of One, if you've listened to the show before, because six years ago when I started the show, I blatantly stole the format from One Shot. Or you probably know him as the producer and game master of Campaign Skyjacks. But for the purposes of our sit-down game today, he is the author of the Ultimate RPG Game Master's World Building Guide, a book all about like world building exercises and mini games and questions and prompts and worksheets and things to help you build out a world for you to play your games in, which is exactly what we did today. Time to Face the Strange is a world-building game about technological innovations. Players create technological informations based on card prompts and pulling cards out of a, a circle, similar to a game of King's Cup, answer questions about how those technological innovations change the world. Uh, if the circle is broken at any point, a doomsday event occurs and a countdown clock starts until something catastrophic happens that will end the world. The game was a delight. I love playing it and I really truly just loved sitting down with a good friend and just like creating a world, something that if you've listened to All My Fantasy Children, and if you haven't, you should listen to All My Fantasy Children, you should know is something that is very near and dear to my heart. So this was a really special game and something that was really fun to just kind of like sit down and do and breeze through. And so I really think that you're going to love listening to it. You can find more information about the Ultimate RPG Game Master's World Building Guide, as well as all of James's other projects in the show notes. Now, I do have one content note before we dive in. This episode does deal in themes of institutional oppression with a particular eye towards institutionalized ableism. And the back half of the episode deals with marginalized people rising up to fight that institutional oppression. Just know that that is the content that is coming up in the story and listener discretion is advised. With that said, let's go ahead and throw it over to me in the past so that he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, past me. Uh, this week on the show, I am joined once again by my good friend, James D'Amato. James, thank you so much for coming back on Party of One. Hello, heroes, and thank you, present Jeff. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, th th we haven't been together on Party of One in a long time. Uh, this is so true. This, you know, it feels familiar. It feels comfortable. It feels friendly. I'm excited. That's that's the vibe that we're going for. And I'm excited that we can deliver that. I'm excited that we can make that happen. Uh, I'm ready to play a fun game, but before we do that, why don't you take a moment and introduce our lovely listeners at home, both to what we are playing this week as well as anything else that you've got going on that you might want them to know about. A sure thing. Uh, you might recognize me as James D'Amato, the host of the One Shot podcast and the Campaign Skyjacks podcast. Uh, I have worked with Jeff uh, over the many years on, on different podcasting projects. Very recently, uh, he and Aaron uh, got together and helped develop my beloved world of Sphere that we use for Skyjacks. I highly recommend everyone check, to, uh, check that out. However, we're not here to talk about me uh, today in my capacity as a podcaster because I'm also an author of what I consider RPG accessory books. Uh, these are not role-playing games unto themselves. Uh, they are books that you can use uh, to enhance and underscore your experience as a role player. However, they do have games within them. Uh, the book that we are going to be diving into this week is the Ultimate RPG Game Master 
Master's World Building Guide. And what that is, is a book full of prompts, uh, exercises, and mini games to help make the process of developing settings for your role-playing games uh, more fun and easy to do. Uh, and specifically from that book, we are going to be playing an exercise uh, meant to help you develop settings for the sci-fi genre called Time to Face the Strange. Uh, this is a card-driven minigame where we're going to be exploring changes uh, that technology makes to a setting over time uh, in through different lenses. So we're going to discover some technological innovations and then uh, draw prompts from a deck of cards to see how those technological innovations alter the setting uh, that we're working with. I'm here for it. I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm, I'm rip roaring and ready to go. I think this is going to be really, really fun. Um, so talk us through what the game is going to look like. Give us, give us the, give it, let's, let's go ahead and dive in. All right, so we are going to be using a standard deck of playing cards, and I've arranged that deck of playing cards face down in a circle, uh, kind of the way you would arrange a deck of playing cards if you wanted to play a game of King's Cup. And throughout the game, first we are each going to draw two cards from that deck to determine what kind of technological innovation we want to examine. And then after that, we are going to pull cards from that deck to find out the sometimes surprising changes uh, that those technological innovations uh, have on society itself. Um, and through that, you know, where we're just going to explore how the world is different, how, how uh, things have progressed. If at any time uh, we pull a card from our deck and that breaks the circle, like in King's Cup, a, a terrible tragedy will occur. And that is we start a doomsday clock. For whatever reason, the technological innovation that we have and uh, the societal changes that that technological innovation has caused are going to bring about an apocalyptic circumstance. Uh, and we'll find out how much time we have uh, to hopefully mitigate the damage that that apocalyptic circumstance causes. So uh, that's it. it. It's pretty straightforward and pretty simple, but I, th I think you'll agree that, that uh, using our creativity as, as the beautiful creative geniuses that we are, we're going to get some really cool setting stuff. I think so. I think this is going to I think we're going to I think we're going to build something really, really cool. Um, so the first thing that I want to pitch is that this is all clowns. Uh, and the innovation <laughs> that we're making is mascot suits. The first oh. clown to put on a mascot suit. Um, all right. We are we are in our world. This is we we are introducing technological innovations into our world that are going to change the face of that world forever. This is going to take it into a, a sci-fi space, and I am very very excited about it. You have laid out your cards in a circle. Uh, so, what's the first thing that we do? Do we have to decide on an innovation, or is there a, a tool to decide that for us? Well, I'm I'm so glad that you asked, Jeff, because we also pull cards to decide what innovations that we're working with. Uh, so, I am going to draw four cards. I'm going to draw two for you. I'm going to draw two for me, and then uh, we're we're going to see and decide what those innovations are. Okay. I want you to know that I got mildly close to breaking the circle already. So Good. just Good. just the appearance of some of these could have destroyed everything. Um, and I'm going to lay them out. I have a piece of paper here. Uh, so first thing I'm going to do is is flip over your first card. Your first card is the ten of diamonds, and diamonds has have to do with innovations in the transportation industry. And for ten. 
this is a new type of power or fuel for a popular type of transportation. Hmm. Hmm. Now, um, would you like to see what your other innovation is first, or do you want to decide give me, what give me, this give me might the, be? Give me the other one first. I've got I've got something cooking, but I want to see if the other card bounces against it in a fun or interesting way. Okay, uh, so the next card was the Jack of Hearts, which is a medical innovation. And for medicine, we have a treatment or medicine that completely changes the mortality rate for a common type of injury or illness. Hmm. Oh, no. And I've, I've drawn mine as well. All right. Um, and I drew a joker for the first one. Uh, it is a red joker uh, or, or a colored joker, depending on how you look at jokers from different decks. Um, so I can choose either to have this be medicine or uh, transportation based. Um, and yeah, this will help you make some decisions here. Okay, uh, good. Because I, I, uh, w- w- what I have here... <laughs> Uh, I'm, I, it could have been a new disease or syndrome or malady becomes a major threat to a large population. I feel like we've had enough of I'm, that. I'm okay with that. That actually is on my list of, of lines is plagues and pandemics. So I, I think book, we'll go in the other direction. This book was written pre-2020. Uh, I will point that out. Um, so I, I'm going to pop over to the transportation o- option, which is a scarce resource or new environmental condition makes a type of transportation completely impossible. Mm. Um, I am going to say, Jeff, no more airplanes. No more we can't airplanes. We do airplanes. Um, it is uh, a interesting thing. I think that... Uh, Oh, airplanes, uh, what, whatever jet fuel there was, uh, the visible particulate that, that it puts in the air, we just found out is like time release extremely bad. Um, we, we couldn't have known about this before. Uh, and in a shocking uh, display of like competence and responsibility, world governments go, hey, I know air travel is, comp- is, is extremely convenient. But no, we, we just mm. can't do it anymore. Okay, um, so here's my pitch. Uh, the mode of transportation is is really a staple of the modern transportation industry. I think everybody knows it. Everybody uh, who hasn't relied on it at some point. I'm, of course, talking about moon boots. Ah, uh, yes, the humble moon boot. Yeah, the moon boot. Um, the, 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 we have, the, the, there has been a, like a, a material developed, sort of a, sort of a flubber situation mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. developed that allows moon boots to rather than jump, you know, a few inches and then you go, oh, this is fun. It, 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 it propels you hundred, potentially hundreds of miles in an instant. Okay. So are, uh, Jeff, are, are you telling me that we have a new transportation system that is an individual traveler system that, that bounces people uh, Halo style or I guess <laughs> yes. just first person shooter style, just like propels people over large distances? This isn't a vehicle of some kind that they're being propelled in. This is individual person wearing specialized boots. I believe it is an individual person wearing specialized boots and the other two uh, things that I want to throw out, the other two details that I want to counteract that with is a series of a series of nets or sticky pads. Uh-huh. 
that rep has re that like we have airports, we have the the space for these sort of uh, fly catcher situations. Uh, so you just and the other thing is a medical thing. We have figured out we we the easy part was building the flubber. The flubber was the easy part. You just build a strong enough rubber that you sort of superball someone a long distance. Mm -hmm. The much harder innovation was to make it so that 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 isn't just an immediate death sentence. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. So okay, okay. I so want to change the common source of mortality is gigantic super jump related falling deaths. Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna change mine a little bit. Uh, airplanes were not taken out of the picture because of anything to do with a fuel or environment uh, at all. It is an environmental condition. It's that these moon boots became so popular that airplanes were just a hazard in the air because people on moon boot jumps were, were getting hit by airplanes. That's how frequent and popular moon boot jumps are. Uh, so yeah, they're just like, well, you know, we'll look at the airline industry. We look at these moon boots. Nobody's flying on planes. Everybody's using these moon boots. Get these planes out of here. It's moon boot city, baby. Well, there was a, and, and admittedly, there was a bit of a PR fiasco. It really, it really, it really was a blow to the airline industry and also a boon to the moon boot industry. Because uh, there was a there was a jumper who took off, collided with the window of a, uh, the, the the front window of an airplane. The airplane started to go down, but because everyone on board had bought a pair of moon boots for recreation, they were able to all leap to safety while the plane was going down. Ah, perfect. So there perfect. were no casualties. There were no harms. Just a ton of people flying through the air on their moon boots. That's that's great. I love this. Um. The other thing that I have here uh, is I pulled a nine of uh, spades, which is for communication, mm -hmm. um, which tells me that there is a new essential dice, uh, device for modern communication. Um, and Clamp uh, had a series, which the name is going to escape me, where there were just like android robot people chobits that's it clamp, mm, clamp yeah. did the chobits comic um uh where there were persicoms uh but i really liked that the small sized persicoms that like looked like little fairies or imps or whatever that were basically sapient uh human assistant devices they're kind of like smartphones that mm -hmm. are little robots with with fun rambunctious personalities i am going to say that we have the small size persicoms we just okay. have like these, you know, they, they sure they work just like our cell phones and whatnot, but they are fun little people with their own little personalities and they do all the things a smartphone does. So why on earth would you have a smartphone instead of one of these cute little bad boys? Can I name can I name them? Yes, please. Can please. they be can they be called co-pilots because their primary their primary initial form of development was uh, like providing essential navigation and updates for people who are flying mid moon boot. <laughs> yes, yes. I like I like they they can like one of the things the early innovations they can like grab you by by the scruff of your shirt or maybe a specialized harness that you have for your moon boot jumps and they can steer you yeah. a little <laughs> bit. So like really uh, maybe maybe their hair or ears like flop out to help mm -hmm. steer as well. Like obviously, as moon boots grew in popularity, clearly there was uh, a call for synergy between these devices. Yeah, for sure, hundred um, percent. So now we just let's see. You you gave us the new fuel. So now we need to know 
uh, a, a, a common type of, there's a new treatment for, for uh, a, a common malady that uh, has completely changed the, the so, mortality So rate. this is, this is related to the, this is related, this is directly tied to the, to the, to the rise of the moon boot, which is admittedly, and, and the first major world change that I need to establish, and this is extremely important that you and I talk this through and understand the gravity of what I'm about to say. Mm-hmm. And that is that the, 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 the trad role-playing game industry is, is crushed, uh-huh. is destroyed, because injuries related to falling have been wiped out. Oh, wow. Medi- medical treatments related to falling, falling injuries, falling damages of all kinds have been, have been removed from the table. We, we are straying dangerously close into defining societal changes before uh, before we actually get into drawing those cards. However, I absolutely will accept that younger generations simply have no contexts for deaths by falling. It doesn't Our make sense to them. Role-playing game designers are looking at their work and screaming because they're like, well, I wrote so many pages of falling damage rules. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, 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 and literally anyone who is, uh, uh, like 23 and younger cannot understand why someone would be hurt by falling. Mm-hmm. They literally cannot. There's flubbers just everywhere. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. We still, still, so, uh, people just don't die from falling anymore is, is kind of what I'm hearing. The treatment yeah. that we have for, like impact, I guess it's it's it's, it's more than falling though. It's got to be impact injuries. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. So now this treatment, I don't think, is related to flubber because the idea is like the injuries can still happen, but the treatment that we have for it is so robust mm. that uh, it, there's no mortality rate. Yeah, I love I which I I I love the idea. That actually makes it even even better for me is the idea of like of that we have developed such profound like the ability to like set a bone or replace a bone or like repair these things is so quick that like if you have an injury like if you have if you fall down the stairs like you like you could you know press a button and be up and running by the end of the okay okay like if you fall out of a window like you're like it is a it is a let me think let me think what do i what do i want this to be what do i want the treatment to be pitch it could, could it be like the it. Saiyan regeneration tank or uh, back to tank from Star Wars where you just sort of hang yeah, out in floating cool. like goo for a while and then you're good? I like that. I like that so a lot. So then this suggests to me that like if this is like impact injuries are really a thing of the past, I think what it means is not only are these like very good at setting your bones and whatnot, if you have a living cell left in your system after a traumatic mm-hmm. accident, these tanks can get you back from just that. So like, that's gotta be yeah. how robust it is. Cause you know, impact deaths like generally yeah. kill people uh, pretty quickly. So the idea that like, yeah, they might be dead on site, but if you can get them into one of these tanks before the end of the day, uh, you're, you're probably good. So, so You're probably fine. It, it, depending on the severity of the the severity of the of the death and the amount that it has to repair, it might take variable mm-hmm. amounts of time. That way we get that way we can get some good filler episodes of you in the tank while the other characters go hunting for the Dragon Balls. We get that arc, you know, it's fun. Oh, Jeff, but, uh, I have bad news. I think I think the trad role playing game industry still does have a foot in the door because this is. <laughs> 
a annoying healing system that takes you out of the action for a very long period of time. Mm, which it, is, uh, it is. That's that is their correct. bread and butter. That's their bread and butter. <laughs> it, it, it was just. It really was a pretty simple pivot. Frankly, that those the, those pages are pretty, filled pretty right, quick. Do we have Do we have a name for uh, our healing tank here? Um. They they are called uh they are called put together put pods. Put together pods. I love it. Because they put because they put you back together. All right. So, now we have defined our technology and for each of these we are going to pull four societal changes that result uh from this technology being invented. Uh some of those changes are going to be very surprising for us. I I'm going to pull all four of those innovations for each card right now. Um I will let you know when uh and if a doomsday clock is started because of that. But I will be right back after pulling those cards. All right. We did get a doomsday clock. I love it. All right. All right. I'm excited. We'll address that uh, when we come to it. Uh, okay. Well, I guess that makes sense that it would be on the Joker's innovation. Okay. Cool. So uh, now we just get to uh, pull cards and uh, see how these innovations change the world. Uh, and let's let's start with our moon boots here. The, the first uh, major societal change that comes out mm -hmm. of moon boots is a six of diamonds. Diamonds uh, uh, represent economic changes. Um, and the six is... It requires employers from just about every industry to change their structure. So mm. moon boots are super popular. Everybody has a yeah. pair of moon boots. Everybody's jumping from place to place. Yeah. Does this mean like, you know, we, we already live in a world where work from home is common. What if if offices and physical plants still exist, they need a moon boot recreation area. Like th there's literally no yeah. way you're going to get your employees to show up to work unless you've got yeah. a place for them to jump around in their moon boots. And, and, and also, I mean, it's going to, it's going to, it's going to push the, the work from home. The, uh, the, the, the theoretical around like work from home is that it's, it opens up the, the hiring pool to people from outside of the thing. And the way that employers have, have remained shitty about this is by saying, well, we still need people to come into the office sometimes, so we're not actually going to really open up our hiring pool. If somebody could just jump to your office, well, then that actually puts a tremendous amount of power back into the hands of the worker who can be like, you can no longer like, you can no longer like argue that I can't make it to the office. I have a pair of moon boots. I can be there and I can be there in like 20 or, minutes. Or even like employers that like, oh no, we are requiring people to come to the office. We do still need people to come to the office. Employees yeah. go, well, that's fine, but you need to have a net system to catch me yeah. when I commute in on my moon boots. And if you can't provide that, you can't require me to work in the office. Yeah, I like it. I, 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 I am. I mean, I, I, my brain always goes to how can we use this to start a global labor mm -hmm. revolution, and this feels like a powerful tool in the hands of the workers to, 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 to efficiently and cleanly and environmentally friendly shut down the idea of like, well, we have the tools to give you to give you a comfortable work life balance, and we're going to choose not to use it. 
it, it it offers that ability to be like, no, I actually can, I can, I can checkmate your, I can checkmate your your arbitrary demands with yeah, my moon yeah. boots. Like whatever uh, the moon boot corporation's lobby is, like obviously it's more powerful than the airline industry, as they did destroy the airline industry, and you know we kind of used that devil to our advantage here, and uh, yeah, they're like, well, yeah, it's great that people should be required to have a catchment system if they want people to come into the office because that means people are going to be building more moon boot catchment systems and. Uh, the trade-off there is yeah. now pretty much 90% of industries have, have a work from home, really, unless you're in manufacturing. Yeah. I like that a lot. I love the idea that, like, I love the idea that this this has prompted the, uh, this has prompted, like, further innovations in the, in the catchment systems, right? Like, in the, I think at first they were these very giant, like, I described them as, like, flypaper <laughs> that you were then sort of, like, pulled down yes. from. Um, I think that, like, it being widespread means not everybody can just have like a 30 story strip of flypaper above their office. So we start to see things like, uh, we start to see things like, uh, like, like safe, uh, like safely pulling you down via yep. tractor beams Tra- and tractor things beam like that. Tractor beam is exactly like, where these, I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. Like these things start to become commonplace. You get like a metal harness that like is pulled down on a, on a beam of light. Like, and it makes it ironically, it just furthers the spread of this as like, both a like long distance transport but also just like the way that you get from place to place is like is like if my grocery store has a has a little beam on it i can just jump across mm-hmm. town and it, it it like it furthers the idea that like you just go where you go like you know you can just get where you're going very quickly and efficiently love this love this um let's let's move on to the innovation that we get from the put together pod um, and this is a two of spades. Spades represent uh, personal changes uh, for society. And the two of spades is, oh, this takes the lives of many people causing a shared trauma for a generation. Uh, this, so this is a big oof. Uh, <laughs> this is a big oof for the put together yeah, pod. Uh, <laughs> sort of counter to the mission of you the know, pod. Uh, but <laughs> hey. Uh, we've lived in this world long enough. We know that's actually not uncommon uh, uh, for a new medical innovation to come out. Mm-hmm. And then maybe it's not as great as we first thought. Uh, and we kind of have to deal with the fallout of that. Um, so what, what do we think happened with the put together pod? So I, I, I had a visual in my head immediately when we started talking about the idea that like if one cell survives, it can be rebuilt. And, and the phrasing of the card is very specific, and I'm going to peel back the curtain and talk about the visual that I have in my head. And that is a that is a DC Comics superhero by the name of mm-hmm. Slobo. Uh, Slobo is dead is not dead. Slobo is Lobo's mm-hmm. son. Slobo is born because Lobo loses an arm. He has the ability to regenerate like Deadpool, but when he loses that arm, that arm grows into a Lobo, and that becomes his yeah. teenage son. So what I'm imagining here is like. If even is is the card says it takes the lives, I don't think that it that means I'm taking that as not meaning that it directly kills people. I'm saying that now we have a clone yes. crisis. Ooh, we have do- we have a doppelganger crisis unfolding. Of uh, there's a lot of like, well, it had enough. There were enough residual cells in the thing. We took you out. Uh, unfortunately, like somebody like you didn't. Im- we didn't immediately dispose of this put together fluid. And now there's another you. Like now there's another you, and uh, yeah, 
Watch out because yeah, I'm going to say you. this is uh, an almost perfect uh, replication of, of the people yeah. uh, that, that have been cloned, because like, obviously, if you're going to be rebuilt from a single cell uh, and then be fine, you need to have all of your memories and experiences like that. That's something yeah. that they sorted out in the pod. Uh, this does mean like t- when we read takes the lives of many people causing a shared trauma for a generation, maybe that shared trauma it rests exclusively with the clones in that they mm. believe they've had this whole life, but now they're being told that they're a clone. Um, I don't think our yeah. society is, is cruel enough that we, we just kill the clones, even though our society clearly is, if you've been living in our world uh, for long enough. Uh, right. In this better world, we don't just dispose of the clones. Instead, it's like, well, you've got this generation of clones that don't have the lives that they remember, but do still kind of have to, to find some way to live on. So yeah, there's mm-hmm. this whole generation of clones. And I think eventually this gets fixed about the put together pod. Um, but it's a problem mm-hmm. for long enough that there is a not insignificant portion of the population. That's just yeah. these clones. You just have a, you just have a clone and like, and like the thing is, is like you have if all of your memories are intact what is really like tapping into the into the horror of it and like the, the I think the trauma that extends onto the the cloned in addition to the clones imagine if tomorrow with all of your memories intact you found out you had a clone like it was like oh by the way there's another there's another James and like like you have no memory of this person who has every single one of your memories but, like, there is still that association of, like, we are, we are, we are not only related, but, like, we are in a lot of ways the same person. So there's that, there's that sort of weird, that sort of weird psycho horror of, like, of, like, I, I don't have any, any, any connection with you, but you are also my literal clone. I don't yeah. know, like, I, and when I, we like, fall in love, that is, that like, is such a, there's going to be a lot of problems, yeah. just a lot of problems. A lot of problems come from that. A lot of problems yeah. come from that. Uh, uh, definitely, definitely. That's, that's on my agenda. So I, I will say, as we move on to the next thing, this, this does come from, uh, the no planes situation and specifically, uh, there are no planes because there are too many people jumping around in the air with their moon boots. I want us to keep that in mind because, I did draw the next card, and that was the card that mm-hmm. set off our doomsday clock. Good, um, good. So this will be somehow the reason that the world like starts to end. Um, uh, connected to these things, uh, this is a spade. Once again, this is a personal change. Uh, a ten of spades. Uh, this changes the dynamic of interpersonal engagement for individuals with disabilities. Okay, hmm. we unintentionally have created a society that is so much more hostile to people with disabilities uh, than really any society has been before. Um, uh, with transportation, we've re like retrofitted the world for a system of transportation that I you know most disabilities i think this is going to be a big problem for these moon boots um and like now the sky is full of people uh zipping around in their moon boots uh i think this is a really difficult new paradigm uh for for folks with disabilities and uh because we I think our society is going to double down on enabling uh, these like 
the moon boot lobby has got to be so strong, uh, which I, I think deals probably a devastating blow to legal protections like the ADA on a global scale. Um, so hmm. I, I think society gets much worse, especially because there is the attitude with a lot of like physical disabilities, uh, not even physical mobility disabilities, like a lot of disabilities generally is, well, put together pottle, we'll fix that, which, you know, anytime you tell a disabled community that they can be fixed, uh, it's, it's hugely problematic. But I, I think this instills a inherent or, or worsens a existing cruelty within a society to a point that it will threaten the world. Now, I have drawn the uh, card for the Doomsday Clock. It is currently face down. I think after we go through our other innovations, we'll look at the Doomsday Clock and see how bad this existential threat to the world actually is and what, if anything, can be done about it. Um, but I, I kind of mm. think that's it. it. It enables us to double down on a cruelty that already exists in our society, which is our society does not consider disabled populations enough. And we are mm -hmm. slowly wearing away at necessary protections uh, for them, which mm. which means, hey, we're we're in trouble uh, in a long term scale. Yeah. The world has become mm -hmm. more cruel in this in this very specific <laughs> yes. way. Uh, so our, our next innovation, moving on to co-pilots, uh, who have not gotten a ton of play yet. Uh, I pull a seven of diamonds to them. This is an economic change, uh, that is, creates a stark divide between economic classes. Well, folks, you know, we already said it. These co-pilots really help you use your moon boots. If you don't have a co-pilot, you can't really go the same distances as people who have moon boots who yeah. do have a co-pilot. Uh, so suddenly, especially because there's no air travel anymore, uh, if you are living with just a smartphone and not a co-pilot, you have to make like a dozen jumps to the two or three jumps maybe that are necessary for, yeah. for people who do. Uh, so like all of a sudden things like international travel and whatnot are, are, are just cut off to a huge segment of the population. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, that, that creates, you've got this divide between this traveling class who, you know, a trip to Europe, thanks to moon boots, like really is not that long. Whatever I'm, we're making up for moon boots, they move much faster than planes. So much faster than planes. Yeah. So much farther than planes. You could go to Australia, uh, you know, in maybe a couple hours in, instead of like the nearly 20 to 15 hour flight yeah. it is right now. Uh, but only if you've got a co-pilot to assist you. Yeah. I like that. I really like that. All right. All right. So Jeff, we're, we're pulling the, the next card here. This is another economic change caused by the moon boot. Mm -hmm. Uh, this is a eight, um, and eight is going to be, this creates a new specialty profession. Oh, it's gotta be a, it's, I mean, it's gotta, it's gotta, it's, hmm. There are a lot of options here. <laughs> it's got it's got to be a moon boot navigator, right? Like it's got to be a it's got to be a jump coordinator. Like okay, okay. So we're saying that uh like sort of like a travel agent almost. Like this is somebody who organizes your jumps. Yes. I think that's where I want to Well, actually I want to lean in. I'm gonna, I'm going to take it in a different direction. I want to lean into 
the 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 theme of the theme of these ideas these ideas being slowly broken down by capitalism and made mm-hmm. worse. Um, I want to I want to throw in that there is a like there is a a specifically I can't imagine I can't imagine DoorDash doesn't get worse. Yeah, I can't imagine. I can't imagine it's not you have to like I there there like I I think it is somewhere between it is somewhere between like a delivery person and the the sort of illicit underhand of this is like the thing that I keep coming back to because of the 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 visual of like jumping and jumps being so central is very um oh now I don't hold on I have to remember the name of it it's very Mirror's mm-hmm. Edge. Mirror's Edge yes. is a visual that I get, Love right? This. Like jumping, jumping and, and flying is very mm-hmm. essential. So I get the idea that like the profession is the profession is a go-getter. It is it is a person that is that is hired to go get a thing. Like it is like like that like the deli- the role of the delivery person because it becomes so widespread where you can order something from the other side of the world and have it reliably mm. get to you, like that role becomes so much bigger and so much more expanded where the new profession is like there are just like it changes it it becomes one part mail carrier one part delivery person one part. One, you know, you you get the right you get the right go getter, and they will be they will be they they will smuggle you whatever yeah. you need. Like it becomes this entire like that courier that that courier job becomes becomes this entire other has to become. I mean, think about how important like air travel is to 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 commerce to 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 connectivity to to the mail. All of these things have to be replaced by. A person with a pair of moon boots and a co-pilot. Yeah, my, my, like I'm. So this is the nightmare connection between uh, logistics and delivery and the gig economy, specifically yeah. in that I, I think most large-scale logistics operations are entirely displaced. Like if a human being can hold an object, then it's probably going to get delivered by a go-getter no matter yeah. where that object exists, especially because if you've got a co-pilot or whatever, like traveling to a, a, a Chinese factory or warehouse to pick up the product that's been freshly made and, and come back here, that's like, you know, 12 hours, uh, theoretically, yeah. uh, I- instead of the, the actual like several days process that it would be right now. So that means... That with these go-getters, these go-getters sort of uh, exist in a, it, it's got to be the most popular job because it supports so mm-hmm. much of society. Anybody can do it. And you don't know if you are going to be tasked with, well, you've got to pick up this pizza and deliver it across town, or you need to go to Australia and get this uh, like Etsy boot that somebody made and deliver it to somewhere in Dubuque. So like it is, you don't know how much your life could be disrupted at any moment. Your, your co-pilot could go off and be like, we have a delivery and you have to go to Mongolia now. Um, I, I, and I, and it being so widespread, like I'm, and now I'm picturing, I'm picturing full, full cyberpunk here of like, 
There's got to be there's got to be that undercurrent of like you get the job, you accept it, and it's like, well, I need this diamond. Go get yeah. it for me. Like there's 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 a real potential of like if anybody can put in a request for a go getter to go get a thing. Like there's got to be a, an undercurrent of like there are the services that you go to for like quote unquote legitimate legitimate jumps, and then there are the services that you go to when you want somebody to go get a thing, no questions asked. Yeah, it's got to be like a premium uh, side of the go getter service of like clearly go getter um, a subsidiary. I think of the Moon Boot Corporation, uh, like uh-huh. uh, balloons to a point where they act as a nation on their own. They follow their own laws and. If you get a specific mission or if somebody pays enough for you to to do a specific delivery, laws, local laws, international laws do not apply to you because you are under the legal protection and obligation of the go-getter corporation. So, you Mm -hmm. know, you are authorized to break into military compounds, whatever, what have you, because go-getter is going to take care of it. Now, you do still have to get the thing, and that is a risk and will be difficult to you. And it will affect your uh, standing within the company if you don't get a five-star rating on on these missions. So really, boy, is it stressful to get one of those. Hellscape. But it does provide you, I, I will say, it pays decently if, if you take one of those Pretty jobs. Pretty decently. So you got to decide, ooh, do I want a year's work and poss- a year's wages and possibly risk my life? Ugh, so tough, so tough. Am I going to take this one? Yeah. But at least you won't be arrested for it, I guess. Uh, okay. So now we're going to move on uh, to air is full of so many people that, that planes can't exist anymore. This is a king of spades. Uh, spades are once again personal uh, uh, innovations for society. And a king of spades is directly or indirectly creates uh, a new lifelike AI or genetically engineered beings. Ooh, Ooh, okay. All right. I have to tie this to co-pilots. Go for it's it. co-pilots, it right? Um, it's got to be co-pilots, the, right? You know, the algorithm that, that co-pilots are using to navigate has to be so robust that eventually they are, like, not just mimicking having full-on personalities, they are uh, new people in their own right, uh, uh, fully <laughs> self-aware beings. Um, and it's because the sheer complexity of billions of people hopping in all directions all at once uh-huh. some of them having co-pilots and some of them not having co-pilots like the yeah. software just had to be so robust that oops we created life uh and you know that's a whoopsie on our end for sure but aren't isn't your co-pilot so much more fun now uh that they yeah. they have feelings and can produce art and all the other lovely things that we associate with sapient beings. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, uh, co-pilots became self-aware because of how complicated uh, travel is these days. Yeah, that 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 makes sense to me. I like that. Let's let's move on. Ooh, okay. So uh, once again, this is co-pilots. Uh, I pulled the seven of hearts. Hearts are social changes uh, that that are brought about by this, and this is creates a nearly insurmountable generational divide. Um, so let's let's talk about social media for a second. I mean, let's we, talk about Je- it. <laughs> Jeff and I are of a generation that had a period of our lives where we didn't have social media, and and you know, there's a very stark difference between life with social yeah. media and life prior to social media. Now you have the co-pilot. So many people 
have co-pilots. Co-pilots are very much, because they are a person, because they are self-aware beings, Mm -hmm. you are always with a friend and pretty much never alone. Uh, Like the idea of privacy is completely different in in this world. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you think about all all of uh, the 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 secret things and whatnot that you do in your own time uh, uh, online or, or what have you. There's just a younger generation that completely doesn't understand that because their co-pilot's always with them. Um, uh-huh. And it, it it probably changes like it probably changes the nature of like of of interpersonal intimacy if there is somebody if you if you inherently have someone with which you have you you by default are sharing all of these things it's going to it's going to it's going to stand to reason that it's going to change like a generation is going to get used to i like i don't i I share these things inherently with someone yeah like these things like like that that's going to that's going to impact the way that people share things because well i've already shared this with someone Ooh, ooh, you know i kind of think this dovetails with our our lost clone generation a little bit Mm -hmm. i think the younger generations are are really fighting for the rights of these clones uh because to them a person is not thought of as as just a singular entity like they very much come to think of themselves well i part of me is my co-pilot i share everything yeah with them. this is a this is a relationship this is a relationship that is so core to my being so i i i love that and i think that also dovetails nicely with our with our doomsday and creates like a a scenario where more and more people are being marginalized and and having their protections eroded while also arising while also more and more people are are finding like forceful communities and and finding ways to connect with one another somehow we've just remade 2020 and i don't know how that happened and i'm not i don't love it uh, well at a certain point you know this is kind of a slightly cyberpunk themed sci-fi thing if you're gonna create a cyberpunk dystopia it's hard to avoid creating our current world yeah uh uh, because that's what we live in uh that is exactly what we live in a very boring cyberpunk dystopia uh unfortunately nobody's dressing cool uh (laughs) And nobody's flying around on yes. moon boots. Uh, cool. I love this. I, I will add I, the, the last thing. I do kind of think uh, the idea of, of polyamorous relationships are more common because what these days when younger folks are negotiating marriages, it's not just, oh, do I love my partner? It's do I love my partner and their co-pilot? And does their co-pilot love me and my co-pilot? Because you know, mm-hmm. your co-pilot is a part of you. If that relationship uh, does not work, doesn't matter if two people love each other. If their co-pilots can't get along, yeah. uh, then it ain't gonna happen. Uh, it also, it also, it also ingrains a level of 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 relationship dynamics and negotiation from like a very early age. Because the thing that I think I want to like canonically take off of the table. Is like if 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 they've reached a point where uh, where the co-pilots are like fully sapient mm-hmm. beings, I think they have to have the freedom to like terminate a contract and be like, we are parting ways, right? Like they have to have that ability to like end a relationship, which means that like when you, which means that like you, like it is it is it is let it is when you, when you when you 
when you look for a co-pilot, it is as much finding a relationship as it is like it yeah. is a it is a business venture, which is also implies that you are you are finding someone that you personally also connect with. And like there's a level of like building that relationship together there as well. Uh, I kind of think uh, to make that easier, there is probably when you get a vessel for a co-pilot or like when you were first given a co-pilot, there is an algorithmic uh, thing that looks at you uh, and your personality and matches you to a pre-existing AI that is just not in a co-pilot body mm, yet. Okay, yeah. Uh, and assigns that co-pilot. So like you get, uh, it, it's like, semi-magical you get a best friend for life that is always kind of be going to be a good fit for you because you'll grow together and whatever and that a that program sticks with you as it hops from body to body so there's no weird sadness or uh, like that but there is the occasional co-pilot divorce because this is a world where where freedom is is still a thing and definitely the younger generations are uh what what are pushing for that uh, let's let's move on to our next uh, societal change for Moon Boots. Uh, this is another spade, uh, which is another. Per- We're getting a lot of spades. Uh, this is another personal change, uh, the Jack of Spades, um, and this standardizes an enhanced quality of life across many different social classes. Okay. This Finally is good. good. This is good. Th- that, that ties in really nicely to what I was saying, both about like the world that we're building about like people f- coming together and finding a level of like social support with one another. And also. I'm, I'm back. Okay. My headphones are Got wireless. I, I just need to get something to drink or it's going to die. You're good. So that ties in really nicely with what I was thinking about, like the, the, the idea that this is there are like groups of people coming together. It also ties really nicely into the idea that like, the propagation of moon boots and the related technologies do a lot to like put hands, put things into, into, into workers hands. Mm. And like, it's the idea that like, we have a lot more freedom to form communities with each other and tangibly like mutually aid and also directly like support one another. I, I think tying in with the doomsday card, things probably are like, it's probably just shy of if not directly like open open combat and revolt a little bit like it is yeah. it is directly like it is something where like if you are you know you said that 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 it is that like uh that the societal structures that enforce things like systematic ableism and and marginalization are slowly like ramping up in severity is the doomsday thing so if it is if it is that quite literally like if somebody if you are if your employer like does something to harm you, right? Like if your employer, if your employer is like, uh, we have put in place like a tractor beam, but it is going to pull you down and potentially hurt you. If, if, or, or, you know, or, or if, if there is a union busting effort, right? Like if it is a group of people who are coming together and they try to do something to physically intimidate you, suddenly there's a lot more union representatives from across the world who can be in your parking lot by like by 230 yeah and you know we also have this younger generation coming up with a far more collectivist mindset that's that's what i'm picturing is like that idea against like a against a very capitalist uh against a very capitalist so like uh corporate structure and and societal structure a very collectivist 
organized organized generation with a knowledge of like hey we can directly stand against this and we have a technological tool that says that we don't have to try and coordinate that we're not limited to protecting the people in our direct space there's probably an entire class of for lack of a better way to put it like uh, like vigilante union organizers right the, the, like, these are super yeah. unions like we're, we're, we're tiptoeing yeah. around this this is super unions we have a villainous entrenched like power structure yeah. that is is just a more cartoonish version of what we have right now but the answer to that is uh, uh, like unintentionally uh these technologies the people who control these power structures have created a generation of people with low level superpowers mm-hmm. who have the exact collectivist mindset yeah. to oppose this power that rips um that that's very good that's very good this is a, a very a very cartoony cyberpunk and i am here for it uh which brings us to our, our next innovation, uh, our next societal change vis-a-vis put-together pods. Uh, that is the Ten of Hearts, uh, which is a, another social change. Uh, this is erodes trust and certainty in what used to be a valued cultural institution. Ooh. I mean, I mean, people used to value capitalism a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> So the put together, this is now the put, oh, this together, is the put together pod pods. that has done this. Specifically. I mean, I mean, honestly, like, let me think this through. Cause like that feels really good. It, there's, there's, it's, it erodes trust. Oh, it's gotta, it's gotta be the, the, but it's gotta be, a, it's gotta be a trusted institution. And the American healthcare system is a hellscape that is pretty much despised. It's not ex- yeah yeah that's true oh that's a tough one it's a tough one because there are so few institutions that we actually trust yeah <laughs> maybe maybe we can massage let's the massage it and say i want to i want to lean into the two things that i really want to lean into um are it erodes trust in the idea of uh, i'm gonna go hard on the healthcare system because it kind of directly impacts that of like this is this the, you have this technology that can like heal someone immediately. The second you mm-hmm. introduce that, like insurance and healthcare providers yeah. and like for a for profit medicine system is going to try and exploit that, is going to try and gatekeep it, is going to try and, and paywall it. And I think that it, 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 like, I don't think there's any way that you can look at we have a pod that can put that can bring <laughs> me back to life. And you're going to tell me that I can't sit in the pod like there is no there is no way I say that. But also I live in 2021. There's going to be a way for somebody. But somehow, somehow, some way we manage to avoid supporting gatekeeping people away from the pod. Yeah, it's just like it's sure it is the it it, the the idealist in me, James, is saying Mm -hmm. this is the one time. That Twitter yeah. reply guys are not getting are not are not taking the devil's advocate stance. I mean, okay, here here's the thing, Jeff. Despite how upsetting and uh, d- disheartening and frustrating our world is, we have to admit that at 
different points in our history, good things did happen. happen. This, is, this is correct. You know, things <laughs> did get better at some point. So conceivably, in the future, somehow things could yeah. also get better instead of yeah. worse. It feels unlikely. It feels far-fetched. But who we knows? We have to accept the possibility. This, yeah. yeah, we got we. Hey, we rolled that critical success. We got it. I, once. I think that. Yeah, uh, I think that it's simply like there is there is no way to look at this arrangement, right? That that medical care is as simple as you put me to you 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 lay me down to sleep. You put me in a comfortable pool of water, and in a couple hours, I have completely I've completely recovered from all injuries. There's no way to look at that and go, well, yeah. That's we should gatekeep that, and I think that's the thing that kind of unifies people. Of like, there's simply no way that like that that sort of uh that trust in in the in the in the for profit healthcare system is basically eroded to nothing because it, simply there's a better option, and you can't keep me from that. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, okay. So then we will move on to our, you know, there are too many people zipping around in the sky. Um, I pull, let me make sure that I haven't somehow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I pull the eight of hearts, uh, creates fervent opposed factions, which enter heated conflicts. Well, I think we've already kind of been hinting that that already. This is our super unions yeah. are clashing with uh, the you know forces that control the world. I I think like the X factor here is definitely the uh, co-pilots in that you know in in a highly technological society you do kind of approach the point where individual and freedom and liberty is reduced because there is a greater dependence on technological infrastructure which is controlled by oppressing yeah. classes however that part of that technological infrastructure is straight up just a sapient life form in its own right mm-hmm. And can start pushing back. So I, I think like, yeah, the co-pilots supporting the super unions, all of a sudden, like people live, quote unquote, off the grid, not just because they are so mobile and whatnot, but because their co-pilot can really protect them in dangerous situations. Um, so even though you have like these uh, union busting strike militias, these super Pinkertons uh, that mm-hmm. are going after union efforts. The unions are mobile enough and technologically secure enough that they are on kind of even yeah. footing. Uh, and so there's just like this heated conflict uh, uh, that is ramping up in the background here. I love it. I love it so much. Um, then, oh yeah, I pulled the ace of diamonds for uh, co-pilots Um Diamonds are once again economic changes, and this is helps create a boom of prosperity and economic mobility that benefits the majority of people. Hell now, yes. now this actually, I wanted to throw out a pitch related to the co-pilots as I was kind of that popped into my head that I think is extremely mm-hmm. cool and also ties into this nicely. Ties into like what you had just proposed around the around the 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 last card. Ties into this card. What if the co-pilots, there are mm-hmm. individual co-pilots for every person, but right. it's also a hive mind situation. Like it is like, Ooh. like I'm thinking of the movie, obvi- like I think it's impossible to thinking about like AI, like super intelligent AIs to not touch a little bit on the, on the movie her, 
but the idea mm-hmm. of like yes. there's there's a moment in I guess spoilers for uh what 15 year old how when did that movie come out I hope it's not 15 years old Jeff I think that came out while we were both adults 2013 okay it's seven years it's, it's yeah. eight years old okay oh, that's still <laughs> that's, that's still it's still, still a lot longer than not that. as young as you want it to be um, huh? But there's a moment in that movie where, like, where 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 she says, like, I'm in love with 147 other people worldwide who I've been dating for such and such amount of time. Like, I mm-hmm. love the idea that every co-pilot is unique. And the and one of the reasons I think people might choose to not choose to not have the co-pilots, period, is is at a certain point, it's not even it's not even economic reasons, but it's it's. That like the co-pilot is like an entity that creates smaller entities almost by like almost by like budding or like like they are all connected to a larger core, right? They're connected to the Internet, right? If we think of the Internet Mm -hmm. as a living being, every co-pilot is like a branch off of that, but they're all kind of tied back into this central consciousness. And like if you have a messy enough divorce with a co-pilot, you might just be like, I want out of the entire hive mind situation. You right. have the ability, yeah. you know, you have the ability to just be like, I want like I can't like you like it will always be one being trying to find a better a better fit for me. And eventually I might just not be interested in that. But the idea. Yeah. But what I want to throw out is that that hive mind is aligned like that's the thing that is aligned with the super union so like at a certain point every single co-pilot even the ones that like they have their individual personalities but there's some fundamental part of them that if you grill them is like oh yeah i'm pro i'm pro union like like it is it is simply a truth that is like bounded in every single one of them because they connect back to this they connect back to this shared collective brain presence that they all seem to have Oh, Jeff, we've we've accidentally done something very fun and cool with this setting in that we, we've talked about like the forces of the world, uh, the entrenched power forces of the world representing a kind of inherent cruelty mm-hmm. that exists within our society. And we've created this this neat little device in the co-pilot that a big part of its selling point as a device is that it is specialized and built around interpersonal connection. And because it ties back to this hive mind, this, this larger amorphous kind of socialized AI, at the core of that, at the core uh, of all of that, there is a being uh, that exists that is good mm-hmm. and kind. So literally, this program that is designed to love looks at the inherent cruelty of our society and goes, no, sir, Mm -hmm. I stand firmly against that. And I will use my considerable power to oppose that where I can. So yeah, there, there is this horrible meme that we've created in entrenched power sources and this lovely meme that we've created in, in this being, uh, that is literally now that we say it outright, quite literally a being of pure collectivism. And in Mm -hmm. retrospect, it makes total sense. It's, it's the thing where, like, it's the only direction it could go in is siding with this because its entire being is absorbing all of these experiences. Its entire being is collective will and experience. And it says there are there are there are this many people suffering this badly. I cannot look away from that. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love I love that like sort of inverse of our, our usual self-aware yeah. AI story where it wakes up, it sees all the terror that humans put together and, and goes instead of, oh, I must destroy humanity. It's, oh, I must help humanity yeah. however I can. Beautiful. Love it. Beautiful. Love it. Uh, so for our moon boots, we pull finally a club. Uh, this is security. Um, uh, no, this is actually a uh, uh, Political, um, a uh, queen uh, under the political uh, domain says this uplifts a new or previously non-influential political power onto the world stage. And this is moon boots specifically. I know we've tied so much together, yeah. but we do want to this try and moon boots specifically. somehow under moon boots. Moon boots specifically. I feel very one note here, mm-hmm. but... Tying into tying into a, a previous Moonboot card specifically, imagine, imagine like imagine if tying into all of this, the like that courier class that we have like introduced, yeah, like has so much has so much raw power that like I don't think they can be ignored. It, it, it's not even that. I, I think also that courier class doesn't identify with like a a, a in place national identity mm-hmm. the way other people would. Like, yeah, because it's just a you're, you're matter people moving of from like place a few to place. Hours. Like like there is no you know. Yeah, like homeownership is probably very much a thing of the past yeah. in this world anyway. Like most people are probably sleeping in hotels with, with, with very few possessions or whatnot behind them. So yeah, this large, uh, you know, usually pretty young courier class, they don't identify with like nations. They can go anywhere and, and live anywhere. And also eventually, because they necessarily have to have co-pilots, they're all, their best friend mm-hmm. is always this super intelligent collectivist robot that will tell them, hey, if you just stopped, the wheels of this cruel society would come to yeah. a halt completely. And it's, and, and, and like that, the experience of the go-getter has to be so unique that like there has to be like like you would probably only really be able to be like this is this is what this is this is this is the 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 group that I polit- I politically most align with is the people that mm-hmm. like it's it 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 has to like the experience of being that has to kind of transcend anything and become its own kind of its own kind of like political identity because like like you said like you 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 are seeing so much like the, your perspective is so rapidly shifted that it's like this is and and having so many people in that spot has to fundamentally change like how they see the world yeah oh that rips ooh, love that this. rips absolutely love this um all right so for our uh this is for uh the put together pod uh we get the king of hearts a social change um uh, oh, wait. No, I think we already drew this one. Because um, that was, yeah, the extinction of the healthcare uh, uh, insurance system. Uh, okay. Um, this is a four of spades, which is another personal change. And that is creates a platform for people to explore and maintain a different self, uh, sense of identity or self. Well, I think we've got that in the clones, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Like you, yeah, God. Well, I mean, this is this is your card. I don't want to define your thing. 
It's got to be a mix of the clones and it's it's the it's the put together pod specifically. And so it's it's yeah, it's this idea of like I could be some like it's 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 a very kind of like imagine getting to like there's got to be like I know we said originally there was there was sort of a horror element to like there's a person that you don't have a connection with. But like it is also a very kind of like it is a there's a very particular like human experience thing of we as the way that we perceive things there's a there's a sequence in scott mcleod's understanding comics where he breaks down that the smiley face is like a universal symbol and -hmm. it is quite simply two dots a half a half line and a circle around it because human beings are such like social animals that we see two we see three two dots a line and a circle and we go me that is that Mm -hmm. is me i see that that is me that is why cartooning is what it is. And the more something looks like you, there's that sense of like, I connect, like I connect with this. It's why it's, it's, and the idea of like being able to look at someone and go like, you are me, you are, you are me. And you have my memories, my thing, my, you know, there's a psycho horror element of that, of like, of like, why don't we, why don't we have a connection? But I also think, especially in a world that is so inclined to, in which it is so normalized to, be introduced to a being, right? Like tying this a little bit back into the co-pilots as well of like, this is a world that is so normalized to have a being kind of put in front of you and go, okay, we're going to start negotiating our relationship. I imagine that put that had, there has to be a huge push of like, okay, there's a clone. Let's, you know, and also imagine getting to talk to yourself and like not imagine getting to talk to yourself and like truly not knowing what you were going to say. Like, there's a way of being like, okay, like, you understand this because you have my set of memories. You have, you have, you have seen and felt all of these things. Talk to me and, like, having, imagine somebody that knows you so well and has spent every single moment in your mind who can, who can look at you and go, are you doing that thing that you do, right? Like, are you, are you doing Mm. this thing? And go, oh, you know what I am? Like, that, 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 that level of, like, knowledge of, of self is so powerful. Yeah, we're talking a lot about the idea of self being a thing that gets externalized uh-huh. in, in this society. There is also like the conception of if you can suffer a, a you know truly traumatic injury that would result in death in a lot of other circumstances, but the put together pod can put you together back from that. Like theoretically a put together pod could also make you younger and eventually remove like, uh, maladies that, that genetically, uh, uh, cause death, like, like cancer or something like that. So it does, you, you, I think do approach a point where your concept of self is, well, how long, do I exist and in what forms uh-huh. do I exist and and how do I feel about all of that? Like, you know, people people decide like, well, how how long do I need to live and 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 what 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 is life in in different circumstances? Yeah. Uh I yeah, I, I I think that is just a thing that people in this society, especially the younger folks who grew up with these innovations grapple with that. Like we really don't have a a way to conceive of here in our world today. Yeah. Uh, love that. Cool as hell. Uh, 
let's let's draw the last. This is too many people zipping through the air. This is a six of spades, which once again is a personal uh, innovation. Um, and that is this creates a new standard for the experience of adulthood. Um, I kind of think that uh, we talk about the decentralized lifestyle mm-hmm. of the gig economy and all of this stuff. I think as soon as you can have moon boots and a co-pilot, you kind of are an adult and you're an adult with limitations with, with so few limitations on what you are capable of. Cause like, you know, go, like we said, like traveling to Canada is like a 15 minute uh-huh. trip or, or whatever. Uh, you're, you're not bound by, by so many practical limitations that we have in our society. So like movement, uh, is adulthood. As soon as you can decide where to move and, and how to move, you're an adult. Yeah. And like you still have connections to you, you know your 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 family and, and parental units, but you're you're not bound to them in the same way. Like kind of anybody can become a go getter mm-hmm. in, in a certain sense. So like if you have uh, parents that that don't support you or re- reject you in some way, like it kinda is not as damaging as it would be in our world because like you can build a life for yourself and you pretty much in except rare circumstances always have your co-pilot. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I think adulthood is, is just the ability to move freely. Uh, and that like can come much earlier kind of depending on what, what your home life is. Yeah. Like. I love that. All right. Um, so now we get the, the final, uh, a societal change card. Uh, this is of course, again, with co-pilots, uh, This is a social change, the four of hearts. This creates a new slang, language, or ways of understanding the world. So people and their co-pilots, obviously uh, the young folks are going to, you know, have their memes and whatnot, uh, but you are really from a very young age, if not birth, paired with a co-pilot who is like, algorithmically designed to be your your buddy mm-hmm. um and probably plays a, a significant part in raising you i kind of think there is a new international language yeah. Yeah, yeah. uh that the co-pilots speak and whatnot because you know it, it it's efficient if, if you have a universal international language uh then it's super super easy to just speak that when you are go getting around the world and whatnot so yeah co-pilots uh develop a language uh that i you know has several different forms uh i, I think co-pilots because they are collectivist beings they are attuned and catering to disabilities in ways so you know there there is a a, a uh, aural version of it uh there is a sign version of it uh and it uh breaks down a lot of barriers like older people do still have a language barrier but almost no one in younger generations experiences a language barrier because of this love it all right jeff it's time to look at our doomsday doomsday card so when you break the circle and you have a card that that plays into your doomsday clock, uh, you draw a, a second card to see how severe this doomsday clock is. Um, I flip it over and oof, this 
This is okay. <laughs> so Gr- this is actually noises, not as bad great as I thought. Noises. Uh, so I did flip over the two of hearts, um, which is an even result, which on an even result, it says the apocalypse can be averted only with immediate and decisive action. PCs have days to make a difference. Um, so I, I kind of think this is, uh, there is a, I, I, I think the, the cruel controlling forces of the mm-hmm. world have realized that the centralized hive mind of the uh, co-pilots represents an existential threat to the forces of toxic mm-hmm. capitalism. So of course they're going to take action to destroy yeah. it. Uh, these plans have to be very precise and they have to be very careful because you're going up against the co-pilots, which are this, you know, extremely capable force. Mm-hmm. They're connected to the super unions. If they find out about this, um, you, you're, the hell is coming down. I kind of think this game centers around people who have divorced from the co-pilots who find out that this is going to happen. You know, they, they, these are people who have had these deeply intimate relationships and ultimately decided that they cannot love this entity, um, no matter what. Uh, but they're also the only people that could be kind of entrusted with the information, uh, that, that people would need to, you know, attack this entity and potentially destroy it. So I kind of feel like the game centers around you are this person you know that uh, the cruel forces of the world are trying to destroy this thing. And there's a deep like attachment wound, like emotional mm-hmm. scar that you have, but you have to decide if that is worth the price of the world. Mm-hmm. That is, that, that is beautiful. What the, the, the game that I see coming out of this is if you have days, if you have moments to, to act, to stop the apocalypse, I think it has to be like, if it, it like the like they're like if you have days to act, there can only it's got to be that you are the one, the one sort of super union cell that has the ability to like go like go the other way of like these these like I I the way I picture it is there are high end like assassins who have they have been put into a place that they are going to take this thing down. They know how to do it. There is not time. You know, even even in this world where where we're con- where everyone is connected, where there's this overwhelming sense, like where travel is travel is somewhat negligible, it still takes time. Mm-hmm. Like organizing things still takes time, right? Like we have like there's like it's not like everyone is going to get the word immediately and know where to meet. Like organizing like a gigantic counter resistance effort is impossible, but we could get four people. Yeah. And I think this is a is the game about like the four people, the four people, the one cell of a super of a, of a super union aided by like the co-pilots, which at this point, like you got to think like with a hive mind situation, if 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 the hive mind is taken down, everything goes down. So like it's not even really like the co-pilots like there's like there's a level of individuality, but like that base level, like we have to protect the core you're almost like there's a degree in which those people are going to be on their own because like 
the co-pilots have to pr- have to focus on protection. They can't focus on neutralizing the threat mm. because if you fail, they have to focus on like we have to make sure that we that that our hive mind survives. Yeah. So it's four it's four people staring down the apocalypse, staring down the the, the oppressive forces that have that have ruined that have ruined the world, and standing at the precipice of a world that is better. And having to and having to do the having to stop the stop the old world from killing the from killing the better world in its tracks. I think that's great. And that's game. That's game. We did it. We did it. Yeah. And that, that, that rips. That's time to face the strange. Uh, I, I love that the world that we came away with. I've played this game now three times with, with people as part of these interviews. And uh, the first one was like deadly serious and, and, and very much grounded in reality. The second time was really cartoonish and satirical. And this one played a little bit in both worlds, which uh-huh. I do truly, truly love. I, th- I think that you know. I think you know me. You've you've listened to enough AMFC that you know that one of my favorite things in this in this or any world is, hey, what if we took a really a really silly idea and just played it as straight as straight as we can? What if we took the silliest possible thing and made it deathly serious? Yeah, I I love it. Uh, so there there we have it. Uh, that's the game. Um, this book is available right now wherever books are sold. This is just one of the exercises in this book. Uh, some of the exercises in this book, like Time to Face the Strange, can be done with, with a partner. A lot of them can be done alone and individually. Uh, and, you know, you can make your own fun that way. But, you know, this takes uh, the active world building, uh, if that's something that interests you, but you often find yourself with choice paralysis and don't know which direction to move. This book is here to be your co-pilot, to help nudge you in the direction uh, to make this easier and, and more fun. Um, and like I said, can be found wherever books are sold. Uh, you can find it at bit.ly slash ultimate world building. Um, and yeah, uh, I, I hope you check it out and I hope you have fun with it. All right. Well, thank James. Uh, is there anything else you want to plug before we, before I, I throw it over to me in the future? Of course. Well, before we turn to the future, Jeff, I do want to point out that if you like my role playing, you can always find me on one shot, uh, a podcast where very similar to party of one, we uh, play a multitude of role playing games and uh, try to explore the boundaries of the different styles of role play. Uh, the only difference is we typically have more than two people on. Um, and you can also find me on campaign Skyjacks, which is an ongoing campaign in an anti-colonial world about sky pirates, uh, with a setting inspired by the music of the Decemberists. Uh, it's super fun and I'm super proud of it. Uh, you can check out those wherever you get your podcast. And of course, if you just want to talk to me, the best place to find me is on Twitter at one shot RPG. Love it. Uh, well, thanks James. Thank you so much for coming on the show. This was a delight. And for now, I'm going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show. Take a future me. Thanks, past me. And thanks again to James for coming on to the show. That game was absolutely incredible. I loved every minute of it. I loved building this world. I love building this story. I, what a fun game. Just what a, what a fun game. Uh, be sure to follow James on Twitter at OneShotRPG. Be sure to check the show notes for links to OneShot, Campaign Skyjacks, and the Ultimate RPG Game Master's World Building Guide. Then, uh, you know, head on back to Twitter, follow us at Party of One Pod, like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash Party of One Podcast. Join our Discord at bit.ly slash Party of One Discord. Head to our merch store at bit.ly slash Party of One Merch. 
check out all my fantasy children. If you enjoyed the the content of this episode, which is two people sitting down and building a world together, check out AMFC. Uh, it is a character creation, storytelling, and world building podcast powered by you. Every week, my best friend Aaron Catano says, and I take a listener-submitted prompt. We spin it into an original fantasy character, and we populate a shared universe one story at a time. New episodes drop Friday-ish at party of, no, at oneshotpodcast.com. The other way that you can support this show, as well as AMFC and all the other things that I create in a given month, is by supporting this show on Patreon at patreon.com slash jeffstormer. Patrons get access to bonus audio, early access to things. It's great. Uh, you can support the show financially at patreon.com slash jeffstormer, or if you'd like to make a one-time donation, ko-fi.com slash jeffstormer. Party of One is produced and edited, as always, by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Mega Ran, featuring the D&D Sluggers. And the Party of One logo is by Evan Rowland. If you'd like to inquire about advertising rates coming onto the show as a guest or about press coverage of the show, you can email me at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. And, uh, well, I think that's honestly about it. So until next time, thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the forces of fascism every single day. Remember that self-love and self-care are radical and defiant acts of resistance. And as always, party on, everybody.